You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is 15 Minutes. Some of you may know it as 15 Minutes of Fame. Andy Warhol, a well-known quote by Andy Warhol, it does derive from him, but his actual line was somewhat different. He said, in the future, everybody will be world famous for 15 minutes. It's interesting how all of us have something in us that says, I want to be somebody. I want somebody to know me. I want somebody to be aware of me, what I've done, my accomplishments. I think we've all had kids do some sporting event, some activity, ballet, drama, football, whatever it is, and there's a tendency for them to want us to be there because they want us to see them. And in my house, I can remember my kids saying, Daddy, look at me, look at me, Daddy. You know, watch this, Daddy, watch this, Daddy. You know, they can say it over and over, watch this, Daddy. And then sometimes you're not paying attention. And one of my kids one day said, no, Daddy, listen with your eyes. Like, look at me, pay attention to me. So this thing about, will anybody ever know me? Will they know that I was alive? Will they know that I did anything? Will I accomplish anything? And maybe, if Andy Warhol's right, maybe somewhere in your life you get 15 minutes of that and you're somebody for that. And then a lot of these people just come and go. You can go, even big stars, one song, one hit, one movie, one whatever, and then boom, you never hear of them again. They had their moment in the light and it was over. One of my favorite guys in the scripture is a guy named John the Baptist. And I want to start in Luke chapter 1. If you've got a Bible there and want to go with me. And I actually started reading all the verses. I'm not going to read you all these verses. But if you read all the verses that pertain to John the Baptist, it takes about 15 minutes. And you think, but he's such a huge character. And as you'll see, some of you are very familiar with the Bible. For some of you, this is the first time you ever heard this story. You'll see that he did a great thing, but it ended not poorly, but very tragically for him. Usually this verse, these verses get read at Christmas time, Luke chapter 1, verse 35, and Mary's already found out that she's going to have a baby, baby Jesus, God himself, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you, therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will call the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. So another miracle here, not like the virgin birth, but Elizabeth was barren, couldn't have any kids, and boom, she's pregnant and having a baby. So they are cousins, you see. And then the next verse, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So she finds out now she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Going to be hard to explain that. She goes to visit Elizabeth and it happened. Now look at this. It happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. So she's six months plus into this pregnancy. But when Mary walks in the door of her house and speaks, hey, Elizabeth, whatever she says, it says that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So you have this kid who shows up in Mary's womb, but there's also a kid inside of Elizabeth's womb who literally somehow physiologically, when Elizabeth hears the voice of Mary, something happens and John the Baptist jumps in the womb. So this kid is chosen from even before he was born. Go to Luke chapter one, verse 63. You have to go back and read the verse in between. They were not supposed to name this kid John, but verse 63, and he asked for his dad had gone mute basically because he was going to name him something else and God shut him down until he agreed to name it what he said to name him and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying his name is John so they all marveled immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed and he spoke praising God then fear came on all who dwelt around them and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea and all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying what kind of child will this be and the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. And you, child, and this is his dad talking to John, you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, and the day spring referring to Jesus to give us light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Now go to Luke chapter three. And by the way, John was basically a wild, not a wild man, but if you saw him, he was dressed kind of bizarre, ate locusts and honey kind of thing. I mean, he was out there, but he knew why he was here. Luke chapter three. Verse one, now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Eturia and the region of Traconitus and Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough way smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. If you want to read that, go to Isaiah 40, the first verses in there. Then he said to the multitude that came out to be baptized by him, brood of vipers, 
Who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him saying, what shall we do then? He answered and said to them, he who has two tunics, now this is, John the Baptist preaching. He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none, and he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Now, as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, he was so powerful, so amazing, they started thinking he might be Messiah. John answered, saying to them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So I'm baptizing you with water, but when the Messiah comes, it will be the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barns, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire, and many other exhortations he preached to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this, Above all, that he shut John up in prison. So pretty quick, John is in prison because he spoke out about a political leader's personal life. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. And that's speaking of Jesus when he was baptized by John. Now go to John chapter three, if you would. John chapter three, and let's jump in at verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was much water there, which is fascinating to me. Why would you need much water if you're just hosing people down, right? So they probably had to get in the water there put these people in the water and they came and were baptized for John had not yet been thrown into prison and there arose a dispute among some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification and they came to John and said to him rabbi he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified behold he is baptizing and all are coming to him so aren't you jealous this Jesus guy who's out there and they're baptizing people and you know some are coming to you some are going to him now John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And by the way, when you're staring, looking in the window, into the mirror and thinking that thought, you know, I'm all that, you got nothing that wasn't given to you. No matter what your skill, what your ability, you have a gift, you receive that gift, you should be thankful and give God the glory and keep moving. You receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And then an amazing verse, and if you feel comfortable highlighting stuff in your Bible or whatever you're reading, memorize this, highlight this. 
he must increase, but I must decrease. If the Christian life is working for you, that's what's going on. And if someone comes to you and says, oh my gosh, I've seen such a change in your life and it's amazing and you're not the same person. It's like you were dead and you're alive or you went from darkness to light or from literally the power of Satan to the power of God. Man, you're amazing. At some point, you are not gonna be as amazing as you think. They're gonna begin to see there's no way it was you. And then you begin to decrease and he begins to increase because the glory goes to him. They see your good works, but they glorify your father who's in heaven if it's working. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the spirit by measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has everlasting life. Now, this is pretty simple. Listen to this. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. You say, well, I believe. This is not talking about believing in God. The Bible says the demons in hell believe in God and tremble at his name. Believing in God, now you and the demons agree there's a God. This belief is putting your trust, putting your life in the hands of God, trusting him to save you, trusting him to do what only he can do. Go to Luke chapter seven. Look at verse 16. Then fear came upon all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen up among us and God has visited his people. And if you go back and read the first part of the chapter, Jesus performing some amazing miracles. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. So Jesus had followers, John had some followers, and John's followers hear what's going on with Jesus, all these miracles, and they report back to him what has happened. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus saying, look at the question, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the guy? Are you Messiah? Or should we look for another one? Do you ever have questions like that about whether Jesus is really it? You say, well, no, I never have that. I got a lot of questions still. And every once in a while I get sideways and start asking questions and I don't voice them all the time, verbalize them much. But, you know, there's just stuff that you just can't get your head around. And if you get discouraged and you start thinking your life is nothing, you're not accomplishing anything, you're not getting anywhere, you know you've got sin in your life, struggles, it hasn't worked out the way you thought it would, you start thinking, well, maybe God's not in this at all. Now, let me tell you something about closed doors. You say, well, I got closed doors in my life. You better thank God now for the closed doors because if it weren't for those closed doors, you might not end up where God's trying to get you. You say, well, I'm frustrated, I'm discouraged, it's not working out, it's not happening, God's not showing up. Sometimes God shows up in keeping the doors closed because we get our head into something and say, you know what, this is what God wants for me. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I believe this is it, I want this. I'm gonna persevere and make this happen. And God's on the other side of that door just trying to keep you out because if you kick that door down, you're gonna completely misdirect your life instead of doing what he's trying to get you to do. So what doors are closed for you? I had a conversation with a girl this week. She's dating a guy and, you know, I'm not God. I can't speak into this, but watching this guy and this girl, he's not leading her. He's not demonstrating anything that a godly man would do in her life. And I looked her in the eye and I made her look me in the eyes. 
And I said, look, you're at a fork in the road. You get this wrong, this is your life. This is all we're talking about is your life. More than that, it's God's life in you. You've got to choose wisely. These are big deals. And you say, but what if no one else comes along or what if no one else loves me? If God does not give you a peace about something, then be still and know that he is God. You are not God and trust him. Now you say, well, that's easy to say now. You're already down the road. That's just one issue. You got issues, I got issues. But where else are you gonna go? Who are you gonna trust? You can't make it work your way. And every time we do kick those doors down, if you could do that, we end up in a mess. Wait on him. So the question is, are you the coming one or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, talking about Jesus, and to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, go and look what he doesn't do. And I don't know if you don't get this, you need to get this. God has been cussed out for millennia. He's been flipped off. He's been screamed at. He's been questioned, and he doesn't sit up on the edge of his throne and get all upset like, what did you say? He's been listening to our nonsense forever, and John should know better. And what's interesting is these disciples go and say exactly what he asked. And Jesus, before he answers the question, he performs the miracles that only God could do. And then the message is not, tell John I am very disappointed in him for being discouraged, for being human. He says, go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitude concerning John. Now here of all places, John has sent messengers saying, are you the guy? Jesus demonstrates once again that he is, sends these guys back and then begins to honor John in front of this crowd. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women... Among those born of woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptism with the baptism of John, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, let's jump in at verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus. So now what Jesus is doing is getting back to Herod. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. Now, what is he talking about? You'll see now how John died. And therefore, these powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had said to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. 
Therefore he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. So she having been prompted by her mother said, give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. You're locked up for speaking the truth. You're in a prison cell. You're minding your own business. And there's no indication that God in any way warned John that he was about to be beheaded. He's doing the right thing. He's minding his own business, trying to trust and follow God. He's done what he was sent to do, prepare the way of the Lord. And some chick dances and he's about to lose his head. And the king was very sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison. This is during the party. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. And she brought it to her mother who put her up to it. Then the disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself and he's dead and that's it 30 something year old kid and he's gone you say well i want a full life let me tell you what a full life is a full life is finding out what god saved you for and living that life because some people live to be 70 80 90 100 years old and never live what if god said you know what i'll give you 15 minutes to honor me to point to me in some way and then you're out of there would you sign up for that I had lunch with a guy who's just showed up at our church recently, and he's in his 30s, played college football, had an injury at work on disability, depression kicks in, and just a few months ago, he found himself on an access road off of a highway, and he pulled a 45 out from under his seat, and he put the 45 to his head, and he pulled the trigger, and it didn't fire. He met a family in our church rented a house from them. They provided him a place to stay. They brought him to church and sitting in the audience right like this, prayed a simple prayer recently and became a Christian. When I got here today, he walked up to me and he went to shake my hand and I realized he was putting something in my hand. And it may be the most extraordinary thing I have almost, it's up there that anyone has ever given me. And I opened my hand, he put in the bullet that did not fire. So why is he alive? So that he could really be alive. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest, real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. So why are you alive? You're going to get your 15 minutes and then what? Somebody will know your name. You'll make a splash. Some people make a splash by killing people. And we know their name. They get, you know, get recognized. Why has God preserved your life to this point? Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to come after me, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. It could get you killed. This is the devil's idea of getting you killed where you take matters into your own hands and you take your life. If you want someone to take your life, why don't you let Jesus take your life? 
and see what he has to do with it. You say, but what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost if you say no? What's it going to cost you if you say no? You say, well, I got things to do. I'm going to be somebody. You know what? You're never going to be any more anybody than God can make you. I am a servant of the Most High God. It doesn't get any bigger than that. And if he ends up famous and nobody knows my name, that's fine with me. He must increase. I must decrease. You say, well, does that mean I'm going to die at 30-something? The question is not when you're going to die. The question is when you're going to live. When are you going to live? When are you going to yield? When are you going to say, God, here I am. My hands, my feet, my eyes, my ears, my mind, my soul, my body, my spirit, everything I got, I yield to you. Use me. Change me. And if you're not a Christian, save me. Rescue me. I got sin. I got a past. I got shame. I got guilt. I know I could never face you on my own. So if this Jesus stuff is real and he died for me, was buried and raised from the dead, and that was all for me, then I am. I accept the gift of eternal life. I ask you to come in me, forgive me, cleanse me like being born all over again. I want a new start. Change me from the inside out. Use my life. It's that simple. And then see what he can do with the life that he's given you. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.